Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Sports fans, I'm Aaron. With me, Stefan. We are recording this during the second intermission of the Vancouver Canucks Boston Bruins game on uh, November 13th, 2022. I think we're breaking new podcasting ground, doing a, a post-game hockey podcast or sports podcast while the game's still on. I mean, the game's over. Yeah, well, yeah they're, they're down four-one. Bearing. Look, hey, hey, you know what? I'll just say this, just so I look smart, just in case. Maybe they'll come back to win. Wouldn't that be great? Oh man, um, wouldn't that be something else? Clearly, that's uh, that's not going to happen. Not I mean, this team is just like <laughs> this team is more checked out than I am. Which, uh, you know, it's obviously like good for the tank, and it's it's good for it's good for you and I yeah. to basically to look smart and be correct about things. I mean, if they were like narrowly winning games that they'd have like no, like right being in and winning, we, uh, we might look a little bit more stupid, but the fact that they've been so embarrassing is, uh, is pretty good. They're, I mean, they're just like, they're so bad. I, I don't, I knew, look, we, we, we all knew going into the season, the playoffs were a coin flip and I guess we were wrong about that. (laughs) Um, because it's, like dice not, roll. It's, it's just like not even close at this point. And I, it's there's so the, I think there's 66 games left after this one. And that's like, so depressing to me. Yeah. That we, ha- we have to watch. And I know we don't have to watch, but I like, I, I voluntarily chose to get back into the Canucks this season for whatever mm-hmm. stupid reason. And I'm so mad at myself from, I was, two I was ago. actually thinking that earlier this week, like <laughs> I, 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 well, like hosting a Canucks podcast now, I feel somewhat, obligated to watch every game and know exactly what's going on. And yeah, it's 66 games left. It's like, Oh God, Ugh, so many of these fucking games. I guess we should, we should catch up our listeners on what's happened since our last uh, main show podcast. So they, yeah. they beat the senators after getting horribly outplayed in the first two periods. Uh, they had no right winning that game, but the senators, uh, they stink kind of as well and just couldn't convert on like 10 different empty nets. Then yeah, they Ottawa, got... Ottawa could have won that game. Oh, yeah. They, they they rightfully should have, but they didn't. So congratulations to the Canucks, I guess. I uh, got embarrassed by Montreal. Oh, that was, was bad. Who was also on the second night of a back-to-back. After they went down 3-0 in the first. They had 4-0 going to the third period, and it was like a 4-2 final. Then they lost to Toronto last night, uh, 3-2. That was a lot closer than I guess that's the a, game was. That's a flattering scoreline, uh, and I and I will say I saw just multiple absolute morons in Drance's replies. Um, I mean, because where else would they be? But um, <laughs> I feel so. He has some of the worst replies. Oh god, uh, he has maybe the worst replies. In that was all my big fear Twitter. about like pivoting more to sports. Is like there are some 
complete buffoons out Just there. Absolute morons. But there were people, you know, he said like the three, two scorelines pretty, he, I thought this was fairly uncontroversial to say, but basically the three, two scoreline in the Toronto game was very flattering to Vancouver because Toronto dominated the game. And then there are multiple people in his replies being like, Oh, you're just saying that cause you love Toronto <laughs> or uh, which is like a classic thing to say to Drance. Uh, or just shit like, uh, well, it was only, it was only a one goal game. All they needed was one bounce. And it's like, man, like, are, are you watching the same games? Have you been watching this team for the last eight to 10 years? It, this team is not it. This core is not it. It's not going to happen with this core. Like it's just not, <laughs> it was a core problem. It really, it is a core problem <laughs> and rest in peace to that. Very good post. By yeah. Way, so also. anyone that doesn't know, uh, stand up comedian, Mike Camplin years ago, uh, Posted some format joke, I think, about an apple, apples and working out. I don't know. And there was a reply that got like seven faves to it that Stefan and I and a bunch of our friends are obsessed with that just said it was a core problem. That's right. Like apple cores. Yeah. And uh, I was looking for it because I wanted to to bring it up on today's show. And the motherfucker deleted his reply or he got banned or something. So it's depressing. Yeah. I mean, not as depressing as, as the Canucks. I, I mean, I, I look, I said... Before we started recording, I was like, I'm going to look at the... So Colorado had that one like outlier season where they had 48 points. Uh, and the Canucks right now are on pace for, I believe, 56 points. Unless they win this game, which... Which I they're mean, down 4-1 going into against, the... Against uh, the best team in the NHL. <laughs> so here's something crazy. I, gotta, I have it pulled up on Twitter. I had it pulled up on Twitter. Shoot, I have lost it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So this is from Patrick Johnston of, uh, yeah. I believe, the province. Great, great um, reporter. Yep. So there's been 25 goals against uh, for Miller, like with Miller on the ice in all situations yeah. this year. I, I saw this post. This yeah, is the, so funny. The Bruins have given up 33 as a team. <laughs> God damn it, man. As a team, there are, bro. I, there, there are two things that got posted the last couple of days. So Rutherford did another interview. Yeah. Um, yeah, with, with Kuzma. Kuzma. Uh, and the thing that Rutherford said, and it, look, this is similar to what, you know, what they were all saying at like the, the start of the, they've been saying this for, they've been saying all the right things. Right. Um, but basically Rutherford said, even if they go on a win streak, it's not going to, so he, he, here's the quote, this team is good enough to go on a streak of five or six wins. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't mean we're where we need to get to. Uh, and I agree with that. I don't agree with the part about him saying the team is good enough to go on a five or six win streak. I don't think that's going to, they have, they have, I mean, they have they, four wins this year, right? They can go on a five or six game win streak in the last five or six games of the season to oh, that's a good ruin point. their, yeah. uh, their draft lottery odds. That's a yeah. Canucks Canucks staple thing to do. Yeah. That's, that's correct. Uh, the, the other quote uh, that I found interesting, and we sort of touched on this before, but Drance is bringing it up again, um, which is, uh, yeah, here it is. There's certainly a point of view internally that while the club would rather get on a run, Continuing to lose may be preferable to chasing a dead cat bounce with a new coach. Um, so, yes. you know, maybe that's, that's what they should have done last year. Not firing Boudreaux. I think if you fired Boudreaux and just just uh, added a guy internally, it's not going to make a big difference. This team sucks and is not going yeah. to, uh, you're not going to get that dead cat bounce unless you bring in like Barry Trotz or something. Um, but I mean, if if someone in management is thinking that, that's really refreshing. And hopefully, people are listening to them because like this is not this is like barely an nhl team i kind of it's they're so bad i feel like they they have to lose like this in order to get ownership on board as well because that's like 
that's the only way I can square what Alvin and Rutherford are saying about the team, like sucking ass, and then their actions of like doubling down and stamping off on this roster. Right? I get yeah, I mean, I just I just don't I just like I just don't get I'm so I mean I I'm just so defeated at this point, but like it's just like what are they what are they doing? You know? I just so, don't <laughs> Okay, so here's here's something I wanted to to talk about with you today and get your like thoughts on. Uh yeah. what's what's the worst case scenario for this current Canucks team? Of all the possible scenarios of things that could happen, what do you think the absolute worst thing to happen now would be? Trading uh, trading their first round pick this year. I don't think they are stupid enough to do that. I think even if Aquilini pushed for it, uh, I don't know that they would ever do it. But in the back of my mind, I'm always just thinking like, I hadn't even considered that. Look, I I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they're stupid enough to do that. But then you, you look at like Toronto making the... Uh, was it the Kessel trade? Uh, mm-hmm. and what that first round pick turned it like, I, I mean, stupider things have happened in the NHL before. And we clearly have, there are still stupid people involved with this organization. Uh, and I don't necessarily think they're in management. I think, I mean, I, I really, I don't, I just don't know. I, I it's, it all, it all rots from the top, obviously. Right. And mm-hmm. Aquilini is like, obviously still a, a massive problem here, but, I, I just don't, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is going to be the whole episode. We have, to, this is the fifth episode. We're, <laughs> we're five weeks into the season. Plus one Patreon episode. Plus one Patreon episode. Go check it out, everyone. And thank you to everyone who subscribed. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Just a, uh, a quick side note. The, uh, yes. the, the discord community that we have for our, our patrons has been That's dope. Great. It's really it's popping fun. off. Yeah. yeah. It's popping we're, off like in games. The game day discussion is really nice. Yeah. It's re- so. it is really nice. It's it's essentially like if you took all of like the smart people from like Canucks Twitter and like hockey Twitter and put them into one like message board basically. Um what's what's the URL for the Patreon? Uh, I'm looking right that up right now. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's patreon.com slash I hate this team. Yep, correct. I, Confirmed. Yes. Yeah, so go check that out. And again, thank you to everyone who subscribed already. We we really appreciate it. It's yeah, been, thank you. Yeah, you know, more people than we've expected, and it's really nice to see. And yeah, the Discord has been a lot of fun. I think there's uh, really there's really fun discussion going on in there. Um, you know, it's yeah. and if we got to do something to to save ourselves. So if year, you didn't so. see our announcement tweet, we're going to be doing post game uh, podcasts at least twice a month, maybe more if we yeah. have time. Steph and I are just two busy content creators and That's uh, right. and working men. But we're going to be doing video and audio podcasts. You'll get an audio version as well as a video version if you want to see us sit at our computers while we do and this. Cry. And cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gesture wildly in the air. Uh, oh. Back to worst case scenarios. I was thinking a lot about the Chicago Blackhawks and them going yep. into last season because they traded a bunch of assets for Seth Jones. Yes. And he's on an Albatross contract similar to OEL. And they acquired like Marc-Andre Fleury, who's just coming off a Vesna win. And they were still able, and they like they have Taves and, and Kane, and they had DeBrusque on their team. Not DeBrusque, what am I talking about? The other guy, you know who plays for Ottawa now? Oh, DeBrinket. DeBrinket. Yeah, DeBrusque yeah. Is, is on the Bruins. I've been watching him play tonight. Anyways, so they had like talent on that team. And they were still able to finish very, very poorly and blow up more in the offseason. Yeah. And... 
now they look like set up pretty well to be like favorites in the Bedard sweepstakes, right? I mean, that's a really good comparison in that they they went all in, or at least maybe not all in, but they they went in on a team that they shouldn't have gone in on. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's a bit of a different situation because like they still have a lot of their old veterans, and like I guess it's the equivalent of if, if like the Sedins were still here. Yeah. Um, but, I, I kind of uh, think of it as like having JT Miller hanging around still. Yeah, I mean the Seth Jones contract is horrendous. It is it's like JT Miller bad, right? So like and and obviously we have OEL as well, which yeah. is just insane to me. The game is back on right now by the way. We'll we'll keep you posted as the Canucks <laughs> continue to lose. Uh they're they're so like is there a more I, so I got Sportsnet now at the start of this year. Obviously, I've complained about it a lot. Fuck, um, I hate it so much. Do you always get those like game feed unrecognizable and you have to like hit retry to get yeah. the game to go again and it doesn't fucking oh, yeah. go so you have to leave? I, so I tried to get the game going on on Apple TV when I when I got home this afternoon and I reset the Sportsnet app and I reset the Apple TV like I think six or seven times and it just went to a black screen every single time, no matter what. And there are like multiple like links to the game if you want to watch it. And so I like clicked on all of them and it just didn't work. And then it, it works in browser. So I'm watching it in browser right now. But uh, what a horrible app. But what, what, what I was saying is that I got <laughs> Sportsnet now to watch like more games this year mm-hmm. and keep up with the rest of the, the league. And I, I've watched some other games and I legitimately do not think there is a more unwatchable team than the Vancouver Canucks. Obviously, we're a little biased mm. here, but they are... Well, I yeah, guess in terms like of, I've, I've only watched that one Ducks game. Like I try and watch games that are I think will be good, and then I've I've watched like quite a few Flames games because my girlfriend's a, a Flames fan. Yeah, but uh, the Ducks have Zegris at least. I mean, yeah. they, they have, and I and I think the the Ducks have a plan in that they are trying to suck on per- like the Canucks. Again, this is this is the worst part. And look, it's I'm glad they're losing. I'm glad they're doing bad. I'm glad they are hopefully going to get a high pick this year, hopefully going to trade some dead weight, which is again, most of the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ducks at least are like being bad on oh, purpose. Nice. You the know? board ads uh, are clipping as players walking on. Oh off. my God. The, the Canucks, the Canucks are trying to be good. The Canucks are trying to make the playoffs and they are one of the worst, most unwatchable trash heaps in the entire league. What? The stated goal was to make the playoffs. I, I don't think you can reasonably say they're trying to make them right now. Well, not right now, no. But but in the off season, and like even even you know you you and I going into the year, we were like, yeah, they could they could sneak into the wild card. It could be fun just to like cheer for them to win for once. It's been so long, right? And then just right out the gate immediately, just a total disaster. And it just it just continues, and it's like. I mean, scratching Kuzmenko today, I, I don't know what that accomplishes at all. Um, yeah. If it's, that, if, if it's a tank decision, then why why did you scratch Riley Stillman as well, you know? So uh, Cam Sharon wrote a really good uh, article for The Athletic this week where he's been painfully uh, tracking every single thing that happens in every Canucks game after the game, um, like tracking it by hand like he would have done uh, working for the Toronto Maple Leafs in their analytics department. And there's some pretty interesting stuff in there. Uh, so scoring chance contributions. Uh, nose first on the team. Andre Kuzmenko. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, yeah, he's made some giveaways. He's He doesn't hit anyone. That's not his game. But, like, he's got great chemistry with Patterson. He's so, fun to watch. Like, uh, I know I know Boudreaux is, like, coaching for his life here. Oh, oh look at that. Big save by Demko. Oh. Um 
So this is all per 60, right? Yeah. And Kuzmenko has 8.5 scoring chances per 60 and 3.9 setups for an overall contribution of 12.4. Uh, the next is Pedersen, combined 11.2, then Besser, then uh, Garland, then Horvat. Huh. And then uh, another interesting thing about players being scratched, did the same thing with uh, zone injuries, um, where they, they're ranked zone by... En- zone entries or zone z- injuries? <laughs> zone entries. <I> <laughs> so it's, it's their I like, wouldn't be surprised if it was the other thing. Um, they're controlled, uh, subtracted by their failed percentage. Uh, number one is Pedersen. Then yep. two's uh, Miller, then Pod Colson, okay. then Horvat, yep. then Kuzmenko, and then uh, another. Pod Colson interest- got injured in this game, by the way. Yeah, uh, which I'm, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you already know that. But uh, he got injured. I mean, he got he took a high hit, and then whoa, I, I think I'm a few seconds behind on uh, on my feed here. But okay, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so Pod Colson getting injured is just kind of par for the course this year. Yeah, uh, uh, but sorry, you you were one, saying one of the few bright spots. Yeah, and then on defense, I thought this was interesting as well. Uh, you know where Ethan Bear is for his, his entries? Second to last in between Burroughs and Stillman. Stillman being dead mm. last, of course. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and then I think he was similarly bad for zone exits. Yeah, he's dead last for zone exits. Okay. Control well, 40% of the time and turnovers 20% of the time. Oh! Yeah. The Canucks goal? goal on the okay. power play. Okay. All right. Well, we're making look, it interesting. They're trying to make again, us look stupid. I, as as Jack we said, Stanika, the, it looks like. Oh wow! I think the funniest possible. It would be very funny if they came back to win. It it would be incredible. I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. To be clear, um, but oh my god, <laughs> I mean, I think recording an episode during a game is a really good opportunity to make ourselves look extremely dumb. <laughs> so I'm glad we took it. Um, but I mean, yeah, they're just. Oh, uh, Oh yeah, okay. That looks really strange. It looks like the puck bounced off of Allmark's stick and it was actually Sheldon Dries, not Stanika. Yeah, that might be the case. I, um, I don't have my audio on, but uh, well yeah, no, I I don't know that it hit him or not, but uh I just I I'm look, we we said this before. It's it's and and look, I I also don't want it's it's tough. It's going to be very tough, I think, throughout this whole season to not repeat myself, to not sound like a broken record. That, to that's not, all to that not sports be like, broadcasting is, though. Oh, I know. I, I, I know. And, and that's why it's like so tough. And that's why the people who do it well are like really good at yeah. their jobs. And Imagine having to go on impressive. every day and talk about this fucking team, man. Well, that's why John Garrett just talks about hot dogs all the time. <laughs> Maybe we, we need to start doing that, I think. But uh, I did buy a rotisserie chicken from Safeway. Nice. Uh, this afternoon. I had a Korean a hot that, dog so. uh, the other day. Oh, okay. Have you tried, well, not that? a Korean hot dog, a Korean corn dog. Have you tried those yet? Oh, no. I've heard. Oh. Is that where it's kind of like a different like batter almost? Yeah, it's like super crispy. Yeah, You can yeah, also yeah. sometimes get really it good. with like hard with hard potatoes. It doesn't sound good, but it's like a crispy <laughs> potato cube on the outside as a part of the bread. Oh, okay. Then, that sounds really then good. Then sometimes they'll put mozzarella in the corn dog as well. They sprinkle it with sugar and then you can get your different sauces, your mustard ketchup, maybe a spicy mayo on top. Oh, that sounds that sounds very nice. You, you know should what treat I've been doing? yourself. Whenever I get uh, whenever I have fries now at home, I will always do uh, like a homemade like ketchup mayo mixture mm. in a, in a little bowl, and that's that's like to me that's the best dip. I think that's the best dip going. Ketchup, yeah, you're like well on your way to doing like a a burger sauce, like you like a triple O's secret sauce type thing. There. It's it's close to the because I guess the triple O sauce is like must. I, I I'm sure the exact recipe is out there, but if I recall correctly, it's like ketchup, 
mayo and like burger relish, basically. Okay. Um, so I could definitely just like get throw some burger relish in there too. This is way better than talking about the Canucks. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> okay, I'm on the r slash Vancouver Reddit. Uh, does anyone have a recipe close to White Spots Triple O sauce? I'm making burgers and I wanted to make them extra special. What do we got here? I think it's got. I'm pretty sure it's it's ketchup mayo oh. and burger relish. So seven years ago, wow, dude, bummer. Says triple O sauce is whole egg mayo mixed with red relish. That's li- literally it. Oh, is that it? No ketchup at the all. The mayo comes from Cisco and Jugs, and that's why it has an orange chin- tinge to it. It does huh. not come from some special place in Boston. It isn't light chipotle mayo. It isn't a shit mix of sauces. It isn't Thousand Island dressing. It's whole <laughs> egg mayo. Wow. Okay. And you know yeah. what I've got is. Um, have you tried Cupia mayo? Like the Japanese mayo. Oh, no. It's I always, so good. I always hear it's good on cooking shows, though. It's really, really good. Um, I'll, I'll use that for sandwiches all the time. And it's, uh, I've, been, I've been doing breakfast sandwiches more, which mm. is very nice. You should get on that. Um, man. I, <laughs> so, so this is us trying not to be repetitive <laughs> in terms of talking about the Canucks. But uh, they've, given us, they've given us nothing to talk about. The, the thing, look, I've been, the Athletic released their preliminary top 64 for the uh, 2023 draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Wheeler wrote that up. And the I mean, Dart was just, another hat trick as well today, right? I believe so. One, one of my buddies from our fantasy league is at the game in Saskatoon, and he's like, Bedard is so good. <laughs> like, he's just so much. The thing with Bedard that's crazy, and I was talking about this with uh, John Cullen today when we were recording Blocked Party, is that uh, he has like nobody else on his team. And you look mm-hmm. at uh, you look at McDavid. Let me see. I'm gonna. So he, McDavid played for the the Erie Otters. Uh, let me see if I can find them on on Hockey DB here. Um, so he played for them in was it 15 16? When when was his draft year? Uh, mm. Let's see. No, I think it was 14 15 was his last. Yeah, okay. 14 15 was his uh, his his draft. Year. So okay. Uh, McDavid wasn't even the highest scoring player on his team that year. Uh, so the highest scoring what? player on his team that year was Dylan Strom, huh. uh, who had 129 points. Although, okay, I will say this. Dylan Strom had 129 points in 68 games and McDavid had 120 points in 47 games. Right. Wasn't, so wasn't McDavid hurt for a, like a spell in his, his draft year in he, junior? He I, so I vaguely he, remember that. So he, he lost, uh, he, he missed, I guess like 20 games or so. Yeah. Like crashed um, on the boards or something. I yeah, think, unless I'm mixing but, it up with something from his rookie year, but oh my god, the playoffs! So he played 20 games in the playoffs and he had 49 points. Holy shit! But again, so here's the thing: is that here here are the players that were on that team that year. You had Dylan Strome, Alex DeBrinket, Travis Dermott. Uh, you even had someone like Curtis McDermott. You had the Radish brothers, Mason Marchment. Now, granted, they were younger. Uh, well, Marchment was 19, I guess, but. They had like a stacked team. They had a really stacked team. And with Bedard, it's like just him. And I think there's a player named, uh, I want to say Tanner Howe. Yeah, who's going to be a 2024 pick. But Hmm. like, it's really just Bedard uh, doing it all on his own. And he has what? I think 42 points in his last 18 games or some shit. Like it's, it's obscene what he's doing right now. And I just, so, okay. What do you what do you think about this with hmm. with Bedard? Obviously, it would be ideal if the Canucks picked him in the draft this year and won a lottery for once and actually got a break for the first time in franchise history and and drafted Connor Bedard. Obviously, that is what we want and what we need, and it would mm-hmm. like save this team. They um, wouldn't be able to take advantage of his entry level contract though because oh, they're course, so of course not. <laughs> they're yeah, so no, wired I mean, of course down not. with bad, 
but, but it yeah. would save this team in terms of like us. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> watching it, like, them and there, there's, it. There, there'd be some hope for sure. Exactly. Um, but I, I think the other thing is like, the, so for me, if he, if, if the Canucks don't win the draft lottery, we have got to pray that like Arizona or like Columbus wins the lottery, so that it's a team that's mm-hmm. like not in like an amazing city necessarily. Although I, I think you know Phoenix is whatever, but. Um, but it's like a really bad the organization. Is really bad, yeah. Exactly. Like you, you want him to go to a team, if not the Canucks, you want him to go to a team that's like really poor. You want him to go to a team where it's like okay, there's no, you a want really to go good to chance Columbus. he'll he'll. I think Columbus is probably the best option for that. Yeah. Um, Which with Zacharinsky out, like I their injury. Pro- you know what's crazy about the Canucks right now is how mm-hmm. bad they are with like no injuries. Yeah. Well, I mean, lost Tanner Pearson for four oh, to six yeah. weeks. Um, <laughs> Who's been uh, there, real bad this year? Uh, there was this. There was a, a brief second when they said that Tanner Pearson was like out of the game that I, I thought he had been traded mid game, and I was like, "Oh my god, yes. that have been something." But, um, I don't know. I mean, I could see, I could see Boudreaux getting fired tonight. I mean, why not just pull the bandaid off at this point, right? But yeah. the Boudreaux situation is so crazy. To it's me. very, very odd, man. With how much Rutherford keeps fucking putting him out on a spike. Yeah, in the media, like, I, I feel genuinely I feel quite bad then. for him. I know I feel really bad for him. He's like obviously, I feel bad for him as like a person. I think Did, as a coach, he's made some pretty questionable decisions this yeah, year. Yeah, like, um, but it's it, it's just like they're pu- they're just like torturing him right now, right? And did you I see his post game availability after that loss last night? He looked like he was gonna cry. Yeah. The talk about like every game there's a ten minute lull. Like we <laughs> having a centers, which we were lucky enough to win, and then it have to happen in the second period here and it happened in the first period against Montreal. It's just every game. You don't know how to predict it. <sighs> I will say Stunika looks I like Stunika. honestly pretty good. He yeah. seems like that's like a worthwhile gamble to make, I feel like. Um, but at the same time, it's just he like, doesn't move the needle. It's at such all, minor obviously. stuff around the yeah. edges, so you can say that there's these yeah. small wins. But at the end of the day, who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to get these small wins uh, as opposed to like like Benning. Obviously, like okay, I mean, I don't want to relitigate the the Miller trade. Um, obviously, in terms of like value, Miller was worth more than what he was traded for at the time. Yeah. but like, but we're not going to see it, that value. We're not going to see that value. The timing of it was all wrong. The team was not ready to compete. It was not the right move at the time. Um, blah, 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 whatever. But uh, I feel like they hardly ever made those little... When they tried to make those like little around-the-edge deals, it always completely backfired. Yeah. So it was like the the Forsling trade, right? Or like the Lyndon Vey trade. Uh, or bringing in like <laughs> Matt Bartkowski or Philip Larson or any number Tyler of Tyler Myers. Oh, I mean, or the, you, you know what my favorite thing was, and you don't see it as much anymore, but hmm. for the longest time, uh, one of, one of Benning's, uh, biggest wins that Benning supporters would always tout as like a huge win was the Marcus Granlund trade. Oh, just the yeah. most like nothing forgettable player of all time who, who just was added nothing to the team was just like, I mean, who is it? Was it? It was, was for it Shankarik, I think. Oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Well, was it was it Botchford who who coined the term the Sea of Grandlands, or was that someone else? I don't remember. It might have been uh, Halford, but uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what it was. It was a Sea of Grandlands, um, <laughs> and it's just just not making deals for anyone who like moves the needle, and it, it, they've just been they've just been doing nothing for the better part of a decade. And it's just so 
it's so tiring. I don't want to watch OEL and Tyler Myers play hockey anymore. <laughs> and it not, seems like they, they don't want to play hockey anymore. But there's there's yeah, so they're trying to bad. take each other out by running into each other all game. Yeah, they're they're horrendous. Like OEL, it like he's so bad. And obviously, everyone knew he was going to fall off a cliff. But I thought maybe it would take. I like would get a couple seasons. years out of it. Yeah, it is really, really, really funny to see. Like there were so many people who like fell on their sword on Canucks Twitter to say like, oh, is going to be fine. He's going to be really good for like three or four years legitimately. And it's just like, are you guys not tired of being proven wrong all the time? <laughs> Constantly. Look, I mean, I've definitely been like wrong about stuff when it comes to hockey. And when yeah, it comes for to sure. Canucks. Like you, you, hindsight's always 2020. You, you, can't, but... you can't bat a thousand, but these, these guys who basically for them, the Canucks can like, look, I, I'll say this. It's, it's pretty easy to be generally right about hockey when you're betting on the Canucks making the wrong move, doing <laughs> something stupid, fucking up, losing. It's it's easy mode. I mean, I get that. But you would think after a while that the Canucks fans who are like, this team can do no wrong. This team, whatever they do, I have to cheer it on. Uh, they always make the right choice. Like At some point, you have to realize that's not how it works, right? Yeah, like... It's just exactly. like a mentality, I guess, of like, and look, I, I totally get it if like the, the Canucks are like a, a side, you know, a side thing. They're like a hobby. They're, it's fun. You, you want to watch them win. I mean, I get that. I, I feel like I had that attitude as like a kid, you know? Yeah. I, I remember when they like made a, the playoffs against Detroit and I believe it was 2002 and yeah. the whole slogan was believe and you just have to believe hard enough and they might just. Do it. Yeah. And, and I think there, that goal from, there's a, uh, there's a huge chunk of the fan base. And I think this goes for every sports fan base across the entire world. There's a huge chunk of the fan base that just isn't like rational and not to be like all like rational atheist guy or whatever. <laughs> Cause that sucks too. But like at some point you have to get out of the, the 15 year old fan mindset of like everything my team does is the right thing. Like at yeah. some point you have to, you have to be like, oh, this team is bad and it's run by morons and not that Rutherford and Alvin are morons, um, but uh, obviously there's some Well, jury's still there. out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when, when Drans keeps saying that there's like a part of the management team that essentially wants to tank, in my mind, I have to, I, I'm like, I really hope that's Alvin. You know what I, I hope mean? it's we all never, of we, them. <laughs> I mean, I hope it is all of them. That would be great. I hope Rutherford sits uh, Aquilini down in his office on Monday and it's like, listen up, you dumb motherfucker. This team sucks. It's not going to do anything. Let us tear it down to the studs. Yeah, if you uh, not, not to say the there are any studs on this seasons. team, but oh, it's, oh, man, I cannot believe, I can't believe how many people got fooled by the bubble run. When it yeah. was so clear how unsustainable it was, how it was a perfect storm of, okay, they're playing a Minnesota team that doesn't have Kaprizov. They weren't allowed to play Kaprizov in that series because I bet you if Kaprizov is there, the Canucks lose. They only make the play-in tournament because of COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, They're Saint playing Louis without has, fans in a bubble where it's really fucking weird. Exactly. St. Louis uh, is has COVID and the flu or whatever, and they just won the cup last year, so they don't care as much anymore, right? And then Vegas, you should have gotten swept, but Demko just like saved your ass. And it's like, how can you look at that and think, this team is like close to winning. And like, it's one thing for fans to be like that, but for ownership and management to look at that and be like, oh, this team is close. It's just like, oh my God, you're just really stupid. <laughs> yeah, man. 
So we, we talked about worst case scenario, which I guess is trading the first pick. Trading and the first pick would be bad. Losing the lottery obviously would be bad too. But yeah, well, yeah. Like, I think I'm thinking more like tangibly from you know, wake up Monday morning in your Jim Rutherford. Because uh, yeah. I've been I've been cheering for the team to lose games so that they try and make some meaningful change and they rip off the band aid and start whatever this next few year process of being meaningfully bad or being yeah. bad on purpose is going to look like. Uh, and I, I was thinking like the worst would be if they, if they win some games, but like, even if they win some games, we're just back where we are now. So we're, I think already seeing the worst of it. Yeah. And then best case scenario, that's like you trade Horvat for like a first and a prospect. Like right and now, right now you, you, you trade at the height you, of his you, power. You find someone to take on Myers. Like obviously it'd be easier in the off season. Maybe you buy out OEL in the off season. Although I, you know, I looked, I've been looking at the buyout calculator. It does make more sense to buy him out in like two years, but I just don't want to watch him on the ice anymore. Um, <laughs> but I, I think mean, the, if the team's thing, trying to be bad. Why the hell not? Well, that's the, that's the other thing too. Right. And there's, there's some studs in the 24 and 25 draft. It looks like too, obviously we're really far out, but I, I just, uh, you know, I, I, like I think the misconception that a lot of fans have about like uh, I'll do this in quotation marks team tank is that we enjoy watching them lose. It's like not fun. I would have a it's, hell of a lot more fun watching that Montreal Canadiens team playing Cole Caulfield and uh, yeah. Nick Suzuki, uh, even if they're winning or losing, because you're like, oh, we're we're giving the kids a chance. We're having fun and, here. And that's what the, right? the Canucks felt like in the in like Pedersen's rookie year. Like yeah. I, I had a lot of fun watching them that year, you know? Like you have good young prospects coming up. There is nothing in the pipeline. Like no. there look, I, I know some some exaggeration. Obviously they have a couple prospects, but like for a team this bad to have that bad of a prospect pipeline is like obscene. Yeah, Lakaramaki, a healthy scratch, their their top yeah. prospect today. Although granted and, he had he had mono and I know that's yeah. like that's gonna play a role and you know it there's there's Klimovich was a healthy scratch again in the AHL. He's, like really, he's what he's their second best prospect. I yeah. guess you have Aiden Aiden McDonough in uh in college. Which, why but, would he sign? Well exactly. I don't <laughs> like, think he's gonna sign with I guess the reason he'd sign with the Canucks is because he would get a lot of ice time probably. Ice time and one year closer to like you'd have to say, hey we're gonna play you your games this year and use one year exactly. of your entry level contract. So it'd be yeah. like a year closer to to yeah, I UFA. love that as a, oh my god, Besser almost scored on his own net there. Uh, I love I love that as like a selling point of like, look, we'll give you you'll get more money and you can you're one year closer to never having to play for us again. Well, <laughs> basically. So uh, I have a had a source inside the Calgary Flames institution, and yeah. that's what they had to do to get Gaudreau to sign. They uh, they like flew out like some people there to college yeah. and were like, we promise. We'll play you these 13 games to burn a year of your ELC if you sign yeah. now. And he was like, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I guess they did that with Besser and uh, Hughes as well, right? That'd make, uh, yeah, it makes sense that they did. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm it's just sure what it's you, a standard it, enough practice. It, but. it is just what you have to do with, with college players now, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, why would he sign, even if he gets the, the the year burnt off, like why would he sign with a franchise this dysfunctional? Right? Like that's the thing. Like it 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 trickles down from the top and ownership is a is just I it's a huge cloud over the whole organization, right? I think obviously every sports owner is like evil and stupid to some degree, but like mm-hmm. the best ones are the ones who just like don't 
talk to anyone and don't involve themselves with the day-to-day operations. Like Aquilini's not like, you know, Jerry Jones level bad where Jerry mm-hmm. Jones is like literally the GM of the Cowboys, which is like so insane to be well, the owner and the GM. Did you but, hear like, this the story from a couple uh a weeks ago where Aquilini after the Canucks lost like went down to the locker room in 2011? Oh yeah. And it was like yeah. the only time that whoever was reporting this could think of a, a NHL owner doing that. Yeah. It's I mean it's it's really just uh, yeah, the it's <laughs> I mean, I think if we could do a supercut of me going like it's uh and then like laughing and exhaling <laughs> really really hard. Uh, but it it's it is the it's the March just, Noise podcast. Yeah, it's that that is like the the official noise of Canucks fans. As <laughs> uh, the the official, I would say the official gif of Canucks fans is you know the one of the Jacksonville Jaguars fan where he's just like looking at the camera and he's just like laughing and he's got his like hands up shrugging. Yeah, like like that's that to me is just Canucks fandom. And you know if they win the lottery this year, and they won't. And I, I'm really trying not to get myself hyped up for it. And you know what fucking sucks is that I, if we weren't doing this podcast, I think I could get away with like not watching the lottery, right? Oh because, yeah. Like, I don't. We're gonna have I to like, live stream the lottery. Oh yeah. Like you guys are. did on Real Good Show. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't want to watch the lottery. Like I do not want to see it. I want to just check the check Twitter afterwards and get the bad news that way. Like I don't want to deal with the stress of seeing that happen live, like at all. But I, I think, I mean. I think what we'll, we'll do is we'll do a Patreon exclusive live stream where we, oh, we yeah. all get on a call on like Discord or something, um, and just kind of like suffer through it together. But like, <laughs> man, I watching the watching the Canucks just like repeatedly lose the lottery fucking sucks so bad because you just get it's just this instant feeling of like, oh okay, so the last entire year was a total waste. You yeah, I mean? well, but at the very it, least this year, if they finish bad enough, even if they lose the lottery, who oh, cares? Yeah. This draft is fucking stacked. I don't. Uh, did you see that Leo Carlson goal today? Yeah, that was insane. And he's gonna go like fourth overall, probably, or maybe Mitchkov is. I mean, who knows? It's it's like crazy. And then that the Will Smith guy um, for the U.S. development team is like scoring at like a Jack Hughes level, and he's slated to go like eighth eight to, to ten. Like, yeah, it's they're gonna get someone really good as long as they just don't go on a random heater at the end and. I mean, I I really think like the team dynamic is bad enough that like, I Drance has been you know he he's been saying this a lot and he's saying it less and less now I think but he's like, you know this team's not bad enough to really truly tank for yeah Bedard. that's like, that's a point that I disagree with him on absolutely because <laughs> I think- te- I mean have you watched this this team is not good on any level and you know we we keep hammering this point home but. Uh, goaltending is total voodoo. So there's no guarantee that Demko becomes good again this season or ever. Yeah. But I think he will. But uh, yeah, not I think this year I think it could be like but, Hellebuck last season, right? Yeah. Or look, look at Carter Hart, right? Um, yeah. You know, there's the goalies go hot and cold all the time, right? Um, like I know you could look at like you know Philadelphia because it is a small sample size, and like, do you think they're going to be this good? And of course not. But I just don't see how this Canucks team could pull it together enough to really, I guess, make waves going forward, even with structure or whatever. Like they can, yeah, you, you change the coach. Nothing is really going to change. The team is bad. Uh, The core is bad. It should be torn down 
to the studs. Uh, the thing with Demko as well is that I think because he joined the team when he was a little bit older, uh, mm-hmm. fans seem to think he's much younger than he is. And obviously he's it's different with goalies. He's 27 right? in a month. 27? Yeah. Okay. And, and obviously goalies like can play for longer. Uh, a lot of the time, right? You see goalies playing into their like late thirties, early forties. Not all the time, but it's more common. I feel like than than uh, forwards and D men. Um, but like, if he's tw- he's twenty seven years, like, it's not like he's like twenty one years old. You know, like I I mm-hmm. am not against trading him. Obviously, trading him now would be kind of stupid because his value is going to be so yeah. low. But. Uh, I remember hearing I uh, somewhere that someone that was like a executive on a different NHL team said that if they were in Vancouver's shoes, they would trade Demko this offseason because you're never going to be able to get more for him. And the Canucks probably aren't going to be able to compete when his contract is this cheap. So why not? And that executive sounds like a smart executive now. <laughs> yeah, I, I really I think they should trade Demko. I think they should. I mean, everyone by now knows my feelings on who they should trade um but it's it's just like i i just want them to do something i so i'll say this as well the more i watch the canucks the more i really think pittsburgh might be actually even worse than the canucks yeah they're the only team that has only scored two goals against the canucks yes (laughs) that's 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 fucking crazy (laughs) that's so bad if uh, man, I swear to like if Pittsburgh wins the draft lottery this year, I just I just give up. Like no, I think it's oh just God. it's just over. If like if they can't the, like that's a team that can't be that bad, right? Yeah, but it, you just know how it works in the NHL and with, and with Pittsburgh. You know you know we're heading towards a uh, Pittsburgh and Chicago picking one two in the draft this year. Like you just know <sighs> that's how it works. And then Bedard goes to play with Crosby and Malkin and wins a cup and stays with Pittsburgh forever and becomes the new Crosby. Don't bro. There's maybe there's worst case Bro. scenario. <laughs> <laughs> but at least like the Pit- Pittsburgh Penguins are like a, a neutral team to me. Like I don't. Oh yeah, I'd be happy for Bedard. Um, but as a as a Canucks fan, it would be it would be very bad, obviously. So okay, let's look at the league <sighs> overall. Well, the good news is the Canucks are still four points back on the Pittsburgh Penguins. The okay, Penguins are uh, six, Do the Penguins six have a game three. in hand too? No, no, they've both played 15 games. Okay, Though I don't, that, that probably doesn't count the Canucks pending loss tonight. I have three yeah, minutes I think this left is, with this an empty net. This is their net. 16th game, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of the nice thing about where the Canucks... I mean, not nice if you want them to make the playoffs, but nice if you want them to tank is that they are so... Oh, they've pulled their goalie out. They yeah. are so uh, far back. And like it's it tricks you. you. You look at it and it seems closer than it is. Um. But like they, so many teams above them and below them have games in hand. Yeah. Um, so the Ducks are making a real, real good case here. They're uh, they've, I guess they'll have a game in hand, at, and they're at nine points. Yeah. Um. This is all assuming that the Canucks don't come back somehow in the next two minutes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Jack is also at nine points, and they'll have two games in hand. St. Louis Blues. They you have, have to assume three St. Louis games turns it around a little bit, but yeah, they're at I ten points, and then yeah. the other teams with eleven. Oh, all right, there we go. Empty net goal. Um, Thank God. The other teams so, with eleven so are the Sharks. Another, and the this is another five-two loss. Like this is atrocious. 
I, I obviously I was hoping for like a ten nothing win for Boston. Yeah, um, I, I, in my head I was thinking like seven two, so we could still see that. I love, by the way, I love as soon as the empty net goal goes in, hearing the Discord just go off repeatedly. <laughs> So looking forward, uh, the Canucks have Boston, not Boston, sorry, they're playing Boston now. They have Buffalo, who handed them a pretty good loss last time they played, but they are three and seven in their last 10. So they're on a five game losing skid right now. I know they have played some good teams in there. Like I know Boston was, uh, they played Boston last night and lost. Um, But uh, I guess we'll see how that one goes. And then the LA Kings on Friday. And then how are, we, the King, how are the Kings doing this year? Well, let's find out. The Kings. Oh, I just saw the next oh. three games after that. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, the Kings <laughs> oh are actually God. fourth in the league right now. They're 10-6-1 on a okay, four-game so winning streak. Are doing, the Kings yeah. are doing well, but then, then they're playing the Golden Knights, the Avalanche, and the Golden Knights again. The shades I mean, of last season, right? Like when they played, they got completely embarrassed against Colorado and then... Yeah. Uh, the Knights, and then didn't they have like a really good win against Colorado when they came back home again? I think they did. It's so it's entirely possible. So they have lost. They lost to Montreal, then Toronto, then Boston tonight. Mm-hmm. Sabers tomorrow. We'll say it's a toss up, but Buffalo's favorite, obviously. Um, yeah. If they lose to the Sabers, then the Kings, then the Golden Knights, then the Avs, then the Golden Knights again. That's eight losses in a row, and that's oh, like entirely man. possible. That's I'd say that's like the most likely outcome. Maybe and they've already, the, they've already maybe, lost seven in a row this year too. Yeah, maybe with a win against the Sabers on Tuesday, but uh, then <sighs> then it's Sharks, Caps, Panthers, Coyotes, Canadians, Sharks. So like yeah. as we get into the end of the month and uh, December, there are some what should be more winnable games. But we said that at the beginning of the road trip, and they. Won one of them barely, and then there, I mean, with the I, there's no winnable games for this team. No, no games are winnable. <laughs> I think is kind Pittsburgh. of what it comes down to. Yeah, I just it's <laughs> they're they're so bad. Then they, yeah, the Sharks. Yeah. The, yeah, so I'm looking at that, but the, I mean, eight losses in a row is entirely possible. I mean, this team is this team is atrocious. And so what's that? That's, they they got to do something. They got to they just have to do something. 12 it's, losses it's just, in 16 games, bro. <laughs> that's really really bad. I mean, that's so bad. To be but, like fully out of the playoffs this early is so bad. I think it's lit. <laughs> oh my god. They're doing god. their best. Uh <laughs> God damn, dude. Uh, yeah, okay. well, it's official now. 5-2 loss to Boston. Boston has played their third game in four nights. <laughs> And just like easily, easily beat the Canucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the Canucks will have their their third game in four nights against Buffalo on uh, Tuesday. So maybe we'll have some more chutzpah for that. Man, I just I I, I can't I can't do this anymore, dude. <laughs> you have to. It's your, we have to. It's though. your we have job to. now. It's for the people. It's for it's for the fans out there who have known since day one that this team sucks. And that it's just a disaster and that something needs to change. Okay. And here, I, here's something uh, else. Maybe this okay. will, I don't know, make you happy or not happy. Okay. But okay. did you hear Gillis being interviewed on 650 this week? I didn't. Did, did he, did he rub it in a little bit? Not in like direct terms, but I did think there was something like he talked more about the, like he was asked about the BX culture speech 
And uh, he said that didn't surprise him because BXO was such a leader on his team and he really took pride in everything they did. But one thing that he talked about was sacrifice. And they also asked, like, it was something about rebuilding and whatever. And he was talking about when they famously signed the Sedins like on the 23rd hour before free agency. Yeah. When they flew out to Sweden to meet them in person. And I guess he sat down with the Sedins and was like, listen, we love to have you. You guys are great players, but and we're building a winning team here. Like our goal is to win a Stanley cup. Yeah. Uh, and it can happen like now with you, or it can happen in, in the future without you. So we'd love to have you, but it's going to take sacrifice kind of from both sides here. So are you willing to sacrifice to, so we can build a roster that will actually contend for a cup? And they were on board with it. And I think that that complete lack of sacrifice on the Canucks is a really big indication of like why they are where they're at now. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't, you know, uh, hold it against players for getting their bag and getting paid as much as they possibly can. But outside of Demko, which was just a good gamble. And I mean, this season doesn't even look like a good gamble, which I'm not to say that is Demko's fault, but uh, are there even any bargain contracts? Maybe Hughes. I think Hughes is a good contract. Uh, Let me certainly not of anybody that's like of UFA age. Let's see. Let's see there. Let's see their contracts. God, dude. <laughs> They're so bad. I mean, Pedersen is, I think, underpaid for what he brings, but it's a bad contract in terms of it not being long-term. Yeah, I can't um, wait for him to kachuk us. Let's see. It's going to uh, happen. I, uh, that's Gar- like Garland's that's like, was a good contract last year, but it's looking pretty shitty now. Yep. Uh, I think Hughes is a good contract. I think I think Luke Shen is a good contract. Yep. Oh, that uh, you know that would be a good one to to trade for some value as well if we're trying to tank. I think you could get a second or third, a second rounder at the deadline, maybe. If, if yeah, totally. Player, if if the if the market is insane, I think you could do that. I think trade him for a third if you can. Burroughs is a good contract. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking at the also, guys who are making under a million dollars. Yeah, you'll also be gone after this season, probably. That'd be another good I mean, player to trade at the deadline. Why not? Kuzmenko is a good contract by default, I guess. But man, I'm do you just, think they'll this, trade Kuzmenko at the deadline? I hope not. I've definitely I've pumped the brakes on buying his jersey. I'll tell yeah. you that much after today. <laughs> probably um, smart. I really, I guess, like Curtis Lazar is a decent contract. Yeah, that's fine. Um, it's. They're, oh man, I'm just like scrolling through. This team sucks, man. What the fuck? People thought this team was going to be good this year. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's because you can. I keep forgetting who's on the team. It's it's horrible. It's because you can like draw, like, if you assumed that that JT Miller was a 99 point center, you could draw up like fantasy lines and be like, look how much they're going to score. But that just ignores the fact that you need to do more things in hockey than just that. And they haven't been, well, I mean, they've scored a lot of goals, but it's way above expected. And that's going to come down to earth as well. One of these days, just like the goaltending numbers are probably going to come back to earth as well. But, uh, then again, I, I say that and then you watch them play and their penalty kill is so porous 
And it's every worse game, than last year. Every game, game defenders are just running into each other and knocking each other over. You'll have two defenders key in on someone uh, in the, the defending zone, and there's someone else just hanging out completely open in front of the net. Uh, I mean, so Rutherford is right that they, they, they have no structure. Like, they don't have structure. So coaching is a problem. But it, there's clearly something more at play here. It's So Jeff Patterson just posted this. Uh, eight fifteen and two start last season led to largest organizational house cleaning in Canucks history. This team is four nine three through sixteen games, uh, and has to go four and five over the next nine just to be better than last year's team at the twenty five <laughs> game mark. There's no chance of that happening. Yeah, because it would mean like probably having to beat some of Vegas and Colorado. We know that's not happening. Oh, well. <laughs> Blake Price just posted this as well five minutes ago. I was reminded this weekend that Mike Babcock's fate was sealed on Hall of Fame weekend, but was allowed to coach until the following Tuesday when the Leafs won. He was fired on Wednesday. Just saying, we may not know for sure, but perhaps change is coming. <gasps> does he know something that we don't? Maybe he does. Um, I, <sighs> I just, I really just want them to... I just just want them to do something like just just get rid of someone. I how it's so insane to me. This this is going back to like and look, you can watch this team and cheer for this team however you want, but it's insane to me that there are fans of this team who are like attached to like more than two players on the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I love Connor Garland. Like, what is wrong who, with you? It, it, who's saying that, man? There are there's fans who I mean, it's the fans you would expect. You know, yeah, I guess, um, but like, but but I will say, I, okay, to give them credit, I even like the most hardcore of Benning Bros. Although mm-hmm. I haven't gone in and like checked on their feeds or anything, and obviously there are some really really dumb ones, um, but I think even the hardcore Benning Bros. are sort of realizing now just how bad this team is. Although I will say, it's very funny seeing them sort of like try and balance like saying Jim Benning didn't do that bad of a job, but saying this team sucks ass, you know what I mean? Uh, and that's still kind of there. That dynamic is still there a bit, uh, which is very funny, but well, it only sucks because, uh, because Gills couldn't draft, right? I've, I've legitimately seen people saying that still. I think, I think, uh, Lee Powell was posting about that the other day. I can't believe that guy's still posting. Oh my God. That guy's (sighs) smart. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, what yeah. more is there to say? Really? <laughs> there's, there's, hey, there's more to say on our Patreon if you want yeah. to check it out. Uh, and thank you again to everyone who signed up uh, this you. past week, and thank you to everyone who's posting in there. It is a lot of fun. But uh, also, thank you to producer Dan for producing these episodes. I don't think we've yes. said that on yeah. the air yet. Producer Dan of uh, Block Party and YKS fame uh, is is working on this show. Yeah, we got uh, we got so a heavy you, hitter producer, folks. That's right. That's why it sounds so good. Um, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be back next week. We'll be posting oh. some more Patreon stuff in a couple Sharks weeks. Sharks with a big two points in OT. Oh yes. I love that. That's Very so good. good. Very good. Need to lose against them in a, in a week or two. But, uh, I, you know what? Like I was talking to my dad after I went to the Penguins game and they won five, one. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of fun actually, even though they were still had a really shitty record. And I talked to my dad and I was like, oh, we should, we should try to go to some games in December or January or whatever. And he was like, yeah, definitely. And now it's like, I don't want to put him through that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing them play in Calgary on uh, December 14th. 
So you got you got to take the bullet and throw the jersey. I think we, yeah, we discussed we'll, we'll this see before, what happens. Yeah, we're discussing yeah. on Patreon, or or at the very least, bring some sort of sign telling Aquilini to sell the team, or yeah. something about a rebuild or or something. Something. When is the game on a Saturday? It's on a Wednesday, unfortunately. Okay. but it'll still be on on Sportsnet, yeah. probably nationally, and like, yeah, okay, all right. So we'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll brainstorm. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. So, sorry for how bad the team is. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Bye.